Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversation from the Heart. My name is Dr. Teresa Gatling. My name is Pastor Alfonso Gatling. We're so excited that you took the opportunity to stop by and have a conversation from the heart with us. What we're going to be doing is sharing some of our personal experiences, some of the wisdom that we've picked up along the way over these 30 years of being married and raising four boys. And we hope that some of the things that we'll share in this conversation will help you along the way in your relationships. So let's get ready to share a conversation from the heart. Welcome back to another conversation from the heart. Guys, we are so glad that you came back to continue this conversation. We want to kind of pick up where we left off from the last time. And this time we want to have a conversation about taking a checkup from the neck up. I'll explain more of that in just a little bit, but here's some of the things we covered the last time we talked. Well, last time we were here together, we were talking about, so you think you're ready for a relationship. And we kind of went over four broad categories at that time. We said you had to be able to support yourself. You needed to be comfortable in your own skin with who you are. And you needed to have a larger vision or goal for yourself, for your life, and where it is you want to go. And lastly, but very importantly, do you make each other better? And these are kind of foundational for when you're looking at, am I ready to take my relationship to the next level? Got to make sure these four things are definitely going in the right direction. But I think more than that, what we're going to discuss today, check up from the neck up, we're talking about an emotional self-assessment. Where are you emotionally on some plane? So we're going to discuss a few of those things because that's really, really important to making sure that you put your relationship on the best track forward that it can go if these things are taken care of. We think that there are four assessments that you Or at you least we're to going make. to talk about four. I'm yeah, sure there's more, there but yes, there, we don't want to take that much time. time. So <laughs> there are four things that we want to look at. We want to look at how you manage your stress. We want to look at how you manage your constructive criticism. We want to look at how you handle disagreements. <clears throat> and we want to look at how you handle your anger. And anger can be a big one. Let me say this right here. One of the things that, that I think we're going to agree is true is that love this feeling, this emotion that we have that's drawing us into relationship is not enough. If the person that you're drawn to is struggling in some areas and they're unwilling to get help or to have conversation or to acknowledge that there's a problem, love may not be able to conquer all of these things. So let's take a look at it. Let's take but a look. But more at than it. love not being able to conquer them or them understanding it, it's it, it's you being able to see it in them in the first place. Mm. Because sometimes we we just we see it but we ignore it. Right? You know, we see the anger issues that people like to say all these issues is going on. But then we ignore it and we go on. We see different things, but we're like, but I love him. I love her. And you in love, 
is not always enough in order to make the relationship a, a, a long-standing relationship in the long run. Is that where we get this 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 statement that we use in the community in our in our in our life space with our friends that says I can fix that? Hmm. You know, when we get married, I'll change that. I'll work that out. We'll we'll we'll, we'll take care of that. And and the reality is, not all of that stuff gets washed out in the wash. If you understand what I mean. So let, let's let's take a look at the first one. What's the what's the first area that we need to talk about? We're talking about constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Now, I know some will say that there is no such thing as constructive criticism. Criticism is criticism. Constructive criticism, for the sake of our conversation, is when people that you know and you love and you trust and you feel like have your best interest at heart offer you some information about what they see in you that they think may create some difficulties for you down the road, whether or not you're willing to hear it, whether or not you're open to it, whether or not you're willing to take a look at what it is that they're saying. For example, I was, um, oh gosh, about 17 years old, graduating from high school, and I decided I was going to go to college and become a physical therapist, which thank God I am today. But my mother sat me down as I explained to her, oh, mom, I'm super excited. Mom, I figured out my major. This is what I want to do. I'm going to help people walk again. I'm going to help people with their pain. This is so amazing. And my mom sat me down and she said, Teresa, let's have a conversation. And she said, I know that this sounds interesting to you, but... Um, you don't really like people. So I don't know how it is that you're going to be in a profession where you have to deal with people. And I remember thinking at the time, like, what is she talking about? And I will say I was pretty offended. And I felt like she was trying to bust my little bubble in my dream. And um, but she she wasn't. You know, and I sat back on that. And this is my response to it is I sat back and I thought about it. And I said, wow, I don't not like people, but I did have a preference to being alone. I did not enjoy necessarily hanging around a lot of people. I was very introverted and very shy. And my mom was making a very good point. But like most people, when you're given some sort of a, a criticism, some sort of a critique, that doesn't sit well with you. You want to lash out. You want to be all upset and angry. And, you know, and that's not always the way it ought to be. So your response to how you get this information is what we're really talking about. That's the self-assessment, this checkup from the neck up. How did you respond? I ended up responding saying, you know what? She's kind of right in that I don't seek people out, but I don't dislike people. I like people. And I want to help people. So I need to make sure that I figure out how to present myself in a way to people that doesn't come across like I'd rather be reading a book, which is kind of how my mother put it, that I'd rather read a book <laughs> than hang around with people. And uh, she wasn't wrong about that, but it didn't mean that I didn't like people and couldn't do my job. I've been a physical therapist now for 32 years and, oh, sorry, 33 years. 
Wow. And it's been a great time and I love my patients. It's it's one of the things that I find great, but I did have to look at that. It, it was kind of harsh when I first heard it. And I'm sure that you get things like that from people, but it's your response to the critique of others that we're really talking about. Do you lash out? Do you throw things? You start screaming at them. Did I, I didn't have a mother daughter fight as teenage girls tend to do with their parents, especially their mom. I didn't do that. She told me something I didn't like, and I didn't go, Mom, I, I, why would you say that? La, 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 and start, you know, being de- ultra defensive. Instead, granted, I also knew that if I tried that, I might have been picking myself up off the floor. But <laughs> besides the point, I really did sit and think about it. And I think we need to, to do that. That's a sign of maturity when you can do that, when someone can give you some information, critique something that might not sit well with you, and you're able to do something with that in a constructive way. Perhaps that's why they call it constructive criticism, because it helps you to reconstruct the way you may respond or act or do a particular thing. The key to that is is how you how you internalize that information and then use it to change the way you show up in your relationship, how you show up for other people. Now, my wife just told you that story, and I'm going to throw this in because you need to understand my wife is still the one that can read a book at a football game, a basketball game, a baseball game, while we're watching TV, while we're driving in the car. She really does prefer her book, but she swears. Now, she says that she is able to hear what's going on, and I will agree because I'll say some things, and she'll hear exactly what I'm saying to somebody else. She might not hear what I'm saying to her. But she hears everything that I say to other people. So she's she's changed in that she is more engaging, but she still prefers her book. So just to throw that in there. Whatever. <laughs> I do like books, but I like people too. The next area that, that we want to look at is how do you handle your anger? It's not anger? It's not anger yet. Oh. It's disagreement. Disagreement. Oh, disagreement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm We're saving for anger for last. Getting ahead of myself. Getting ahead of that, myself. That's okay. a big one. Okay. <laughs> disagreement. There, there was a book that came out by uh, Tom and Joy. Tim and Joy Downs. Tim and Joy Downs a little bit ago called uh, Winning at Conflict and Not Losing at, at Love. It's How to Fight Fair. How do you handle conflict are you are you like like we used to be as little kids where you say it's my ball I'm gonna take it and I'm going home now since you don't want to play my way we can't play with it at all are you one that immediately lashes out you know like I'm gonna destroy you before you can you know do anything or say anything to me you disagree with me so I'm on the attack I'm on the offensive and I'm looking to cut you down I mean to the smallest degree. Are you one that that just walks away and, and doesn't bother to engage in it at all? There's a couple of ways that, that you can handle conflict that are really good. And then there are some ways that you can handle conflict that are really bad. Lashing out and destroying people, attacking them simply because they don't see it the way you see it. They don't understand it like you understand it because they don't have the same opinion that you have is probably not the best way to handle conflict. 
No, no, I don't think it is. Um, if anything, it, it probably could make you be even a little more, even though, let's put it this way, you may feel really good yeah, yeah. for that moment yeah. <laughs> that you lash out and you hurt somebody else um, to save your own self or to just, you know, make you feel better about yourself. Um, but in the end, that, that, that doesn't help a relationship because remember, we're talking about a relationship, a long standing relationship is what we're working towards. And if you have trouble not being able to follow it in such a way that you are willing to hear what the other person has to say and maybe contemplate it from their point of view mm -hmm. and try to see it from their point of view. And who knows, maybe you can be pulled to their point of view or pull them to your point of view. But ultimately, often it may result in learning to agree to disagree and have that not be a bad thing. It's okay. We're all different. We're all human. We all have our own opinions. And some things don't need the ultimate I win factor. Mm. We don't need to continue on till I got that win. I'm checking it off. I'm number one. I beat you. You're in a relationship. This is your forever person. You shouldn't be in a competition. Win. It's not about win. winning. It's not about winning. I, I, I was... While my wife was talking, I had this thought, and you see it a lot in, in TV shows. They they play what they call a good cop, bad cop, and the bad cop is on one side of the table, and he's in you know the, the suspect's face, and he's telling him, you did this, and you did that, and blah, 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 da, 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 da. And then the other cop comes along beside him and sits down beside him and tries to engage him in a conversation that leads him in the direction that he wants him to go. I think that that is, that is the ultimate picture of how conflict ought to be resolved. Most times, if we're sitting across the table from each other, we feel somewhat adversarial. Like I'm trying to convince you of what I'm thinking. And you're trying to convince me of what I'm of what of what you're thinking. And what we really need to do is learn how to come and sit beside each other and look at it from the same perspective so that then we see a common goal and we stop moving in a common direction so that we can then have common agreement. The other part of that, the other side of that or or in addition to that is that sometimes some things just have to be agreed to disagree. Let that sit there for a minute. Agree to disagree. I don't see it that way. I don't understand it that way. Let's just let it sit until we can, in cooler heads, under better conditions, reevaluate it, and then make a decision to move forward. That might be the absolute best way to manage some conflict is to just say, we just don't agree. I don't agree that the walls need to be white. I like color. So let's not paint anything until we can come to an agreement. Not go out and buy paint and stop painting because I'm the boss of you and I'm going to paint the color I want. Yes. No, no, we, we shouldn't do that. Uh, I think it is definitely... You know, something that we have to, we have to learn and you really need to make sure you learn it before you actually take that next yeah. step in your relationship, that that should be something you've discussed. It's part of that, the, the learning each other. 
It's part of your conversation. It's part of, you know, while you're dating, who these people, who you are. Another thing that often comes up is stress. And stress happens all the time. I mean, yes. look at it right now. We're in the middle of the coronavirus. We've got COVID-19 um, that's out there. And it has caused a lot of stress for a lot of people. Jobs have been lost. You know, financial situation is is frankly maybe not for some people. They've got no income. No They've lost their jobs. Unemployment is up. You're having to spend 24-7 with your loved ones when you normally are maybe only with them six or eight hours out of the day. It, there's a lot of stress. But how you deal with that stress is important. And it's important mm -hmm. to know this before you take that next step. If you're thinking about taking that relationship to the next level. You want to make sure that the way you handle stress, which might be different than the way your significant other handles stress, mm -hmm. and you let it be okay with you. And for example, I handle stress. I read. I like to read. Reading helps reduce my stress level. I I am able to calm down. I'm able to concentrate more. I'm able to let go of all the stuff that's in my head. My husband tends to be sleep. He likes to lie down. He rests his eyes for a minute. But I where that can <laughs> testing my eyelids to make sure that they don't have any holes. I am fully awake sometimes. But where that can cause a problem <laughs> is if I've decided he's not handling this stress the way I think he ought to. Like I think that you're lying down resting is not productive. That you should Go ahead be and say it, lazy. Go ahead and say it. My, I'm lazy. just saying, non productive. Lazy. That maybe you should be caulking the shower. Doing or maybe something from my honeydew list. Mopping the floor. Right. But see, this is what I want him to do. But it's got to be okay. I need to learn for it to be okay for him to handle his stress as long as it's not harmful to him or to myself or, or anybody else. Or you don't want that I handle stress. I go outside and I shoot my, my, my gun in the air, you know, five bullets just because, you know, that's dangerous. It's not good. You know, that's not a, a good way to handle stress. So, you know, but if he wants to go swimming and I just don't want him to go because for whatever reason, because I think that that's not a good reason for, for a way to go. You have to stop imposing your own ideas of how to handle something on somebody else because that might not be it for them. So what we're really saying is people handle stress differently and we have to be okay with allowing them to handle the stress their way as long as it's not harmful and not feel like you need to nitpick and push and pull because that can destroy a relationship it's where people are feeling nagged. They're feeling you know unappreciated. They're feeling like, all you want to do is make me do what you want. You want to be the boss of me. That's the best way to put it. You want to be the boss of me. And people don't want to be boss, especially in a relationship that's supposed to be about love and support and helping one another. So that's, you know, that's a big one. you have anything else to add? I think the, the key part of what my wife said about stress is that your stress management should not cause harm stress. or stress. <laughs> to the people that you're in relationship with. It shouldn't cause their anxiety level to rise because you're trying to reduce yours. So, so be mindful of that. How do I handle it? Am, am, I, am I one that tends to, to lock away? 
that that goes and hides? Do I retreat? Do I become you know volatile? Do I become despondent? You know, do do I eat too much, drink too much? You know, how does my stress management show up for other people? And then try to find a way to manage your stress in a way that it does not increase the stress level of those that you are in relationship with. I think a part, a big part of, of this checkup from the neck up is, is recognizing how you affect others in your patterns of behavior. Exactly. That's why we call this a self-assessment. Yes. This is something that we have to look tell me. into ourselves and see what is your responses to these things that we're talking about. So the last one we're going to talk about, which is a big one in any relationship, but it's it's anger. What is your response to anger? How do you how do you work with anger? What what happens when someone's angry at you or you get angry? What is it that you do? And um and it can really make and break. And I really want to point out the fact again that sometimes and I said it earlier, but sometimes we see these things in our relationship before you're married, before you, you know, really get engaged and take that next step, but we blow it off. We ignore it. We're like, it's okay. This looks <laughs> like a good place to stop and say this. When somebody shows you exactly who they are, believe them. When they show you exactly who they are, believe them. When they show you that they don't handle stress well, believe them. When they show you that they don't handle conflict well, believe them. When they show you that they are not in control of themselves, believe them. You know, we have this saying, and I think everybody says it, well, I can fix that. We can change that. It'll get better. They'll grow out of that. That's not true. Some of that is not true. Exactly how they are is how they're going to be, especially if they don't see it as a problem. So again, when they show you who they are, believe them. Now, if they see it and they believe it, but they're willing to make the adjustments in themselves and do some things to correct those patterns of behavior, then you give them some room. You give them some time. Another thing that I say all the time is, if you want to know if somebody has changed, what it requires is a long time of consistent behavior in the new pattern of behavior. You have to take plenty of time of them showing up the way they you want them to be or they need to be before you can believe that they've actually changed. And I, I have to say it this way. If I kick you in the butt today and tell you tomorrow I'm sorry, and then I kick you in the butt the next day, guess what? I'm not really sorry. I'm going to keep kicking you in the butt. What happens is I have to stop, say I'm sorry, and then function consistently over a long period of time in a pattern of behavior that lets you know that I was really sorry about what I did. I had no intention on doing that to you directly. I apologize. And, and I really do want to be different. A long, consistent pattern of behavior. And you have to believe when people show you, not what they tell you, because your actions speak way louder than your words, exactly who they are. That's true. I'm, so I'm going to 
talk about a, a story that we had. It's not a personal thing for us. We were engaged. We were 19, 20 years old. I guess about 20 at this time. We were engaged for a long time. We got engaged a little quickly, but we were engaged for two years and nine months before we actually got married, which gave us a lot of time to really talk and explore certain things. And we were young, but you know, God is good. And he gave us, I truly believe the Holy Spirit was able to speak to us and give us great direction because all these things we're talking to you about, we actually talked about when we were 19 and 20 years old. It's, it's amazing. It amazes me because, you know, 19, who thinks like this? So I honestly believe it was just a gift from God that he put this in our hearts. So during this time, you know, my husband and I let him tell his story, but I noticed that, that, he, that he had a little bit of a problem with being quick to anger, very, very quick to anger. And he was not very open. I tried to talk to him about, you know, growing up, his life growing up, you know, his, his parents, grandparents, and just things growing he, And he would shut me down really, really fast and then be angry if I pushed a little bit more. And I'd back off and I'd back off. Do you want to explain a little bit about what was going on? She's right. There, there was, for me, a great place of anger. I, I'm a product of a single parent. My mom, my grandmom were always around. My dad was not around. And from that, him not being around, I developed this pattern of behavior, this anger. So if anybody said anything about my dad, if anybody mentioned my dad, if anybody, you know, said anything, you know, as kids, we cracked jokes. Oh, your mama this, your daddy that. And I would be ready to fight. I would tell people that my dad was dead. And he wasn't. He was actually in the military and had just left us for whatever reason. He had his reasons. I found out later what those reasons were. I accepted that. But at the time, I was still very angry, even to the point that I was like, I'm never going to the military because I they allowed my dad to run away from his obligations. They didn't make him come back and take care of me. So that anger showed up in our conversations and in our relationships because she wanted to know more about me. And I didn't want her to know any more than what I was giving her. Yeah, it was kind of from where he was right then. Yeah, all you need to know is from <laughs> here. This is from today going forward. Don't the past don't matter. But it did. It, it really did. And, and so as a as a result of that, you know, my wife was like, you know, look, we're not doing this until you can at least talk about it, work through it, figure it out, do something. You've got to get rid of that. You got you got to get a handle on that. Well, what, what happened was, you know, I was listening to it and, and one time, you know, we're trying to have this conversation and, um, and he got all angry again and started shutting down. And, and I said, no, I'm not going to do this. And I gave him back his ring. I told him, you know what? I love you, but I'm not going to marry you if you can't control this anger and figure out this bitterness towards your father, this has got to get better. And I told him, it's because I can see this anger. Yeah, you're good to me. We have a great relationship. It's fine. I, it, we didn't have any problems. But I saw that in the future, how it could be. What if we start having an argument about something and this man blows up like he's blowing up right now because he's got unresolved issues. He's got unresolved anger that had nothing to do with me but I get the brunt of it. And I, I said, no. And I gave him back his ring. I'm like, look, you need to 
work on something. We need to be able to talk. And if you can't at least talk to me about your childhood and your relationship with your father and start working on some of these, th- this stuff going on with you, um, we're, we're not getting married. And, um, and I really did give him back his ring. And I thank God that he gave me the, even the knowledge and the thought to even say that because we weren't, I, I didn't have that kind of knowledge or experience. I'm just, I was just a kid really at 19 years old, but I did. And he did. And, you know, thank God that he did turn around. And the next day, in fact, he called me and he's like, so, um, my name is Alfonso Eugene Gatling, and I was born on blah blah blah. And next, and we we and then we started having conversation from when he was young, even the hurtful stuff that he didn't really want me to know about. Maybe because I don't know why, more vulnerable. He wanted to keep that part out of his his life. It, it was a then. macho thing to do. I was trying to be a man, and men don't talk about their feelings. And if I'm angry, I'm just angry. You just got to deal with that, and that is not true. That oh, is no. not true. But I'm so, I'm very grateful, you know, because we did. And after, I think I took my ring back, it was probably three or four months later. He gave me back my ring, which I accepted gladly because I felt like we connected and we were so different. And you know, what was so strange is it wasn't probably two weeks after that happened. And he gave me my ring back that his father called him. He hadn't spoken to him since he was around six or seven years old and um, wanted to, get back into his life. And it was great because I'm glad it happened then because he was at a place by that time that he was willing to hear him because had he called him six months before, that's a relationship that would not have taken place. He was very angry and very hurt. And it just, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't going to go well (laughs) at all, at all. So these are red flags. And I think that's what we really want you to, to recognize in this. When you do yourself check, do you see these red flags coming up in your own life? And it's not that they can't be fixed because they can be fixed. You, you can work on to. them, you can, but you have to acknowledge them. To. Nothing happens if you don't do the assessment and figure out that, hey, I'm real quick to lash back at people. I hurt people before they can I hurt hold me. A grudge. Yes, I hold grudges. In mm. the, these things do not make for it's not conducive to long-standing relationships. So we want to. Make sure you really fully understand something. We would be remiss if we did not say this. If you do your self-assessment and you realize that you do have what we call anger issues, that you don't respond well to criticism, that you you know, have an unhealthy way of dealing with stress or any of these things that could be red flags, that if you need professional help, Seek professional help if you can't, because some things can't just be changed by saying, oh, I'm going to do better. You might have every desire to do better, but you might need to get some help. Seek out a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a professional counselor, or something, somebody who can really help you learn to do that because, you know, you want to make sure that you are the best person you can be, that you are holding, that when you're trying to bring yourself in with someone else, that you don't do what we call inviting that person to your misery. You want to make sure you are as whole and the best person you can be. We want nothing but the best for you. And it is our desire that your best you is always available for all of your relationships and that you can then present yourself 
in the best light possible. So again, if something comes up and you recognize that there is a challenge or a struggle, please get some professional help. Reach out to somebody that can give you some tools to work with systematically to bring about the changes necessary so that your best you can be be present and presented at all times. Thanks. Yes, remember that we are more the sum of our reactions to the crises in our life, to the baggage in our life, because we all have baggage. But you're the sum of how you respond to it. So look at those things and, you know, have a great day. We're so glad that you joined us. Thank you. Wow, what a great conversation. Listen, if you've heard something that you haven't implemented as yet, today is a great day to get started. We'd love to hear from you. So please reach out to us on Facebook. You can also drop us an email at our church website, which is mowcchurch.com. We're at Mount Olive Worship Center. And please subscribe to our podcast for future episodes where we'll talk more about relationship and conversation from the heart.